The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to Intuitive Connection, where spirituality and psychology meet to help you be your best and brightest self. I'm your host, Victoria Shaw, and in each episode, I'll help you to awaken your own inner wisdom, step into your power, and live a more divinely inspired life. You're here to let your inner light shine. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Intuitive Connection. Today we have another reading. We have our guest Rachel here today who wants guidance on I don't know what. She's going to tell us in a minute, (laughs) but it's always an adventure to see what wants to come through. And so I'm excited. So Rachel, hello. Hi. I am so happy to be here. This is an exciting opportunity. Oh, very, very cool. And what would you like guidance on today? Well, what I keep hearing is financial, okay, which is interesting because I've done a lot of work around that and I feel like I'm moving in the right direction, but whatever comes up that you can provide clarity about that. All right. Fantastic. All right. So I'm just going to tune into your energy for a minute, financial. And I know there's a lot of people for whom that feels like an issue, a problem or a block for sure. And I also know that sometimes we have this perception that we've done a lot of work on something, but the thing about life <laughs> is life will always keep showing us right where we still want to grow. Yes, it's lovely and, onion. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, you know, I don't even like to think of it so much as work on ourselves, though I know that that is a very helpful way of thinking about it for some people. I just like to think about it again as where am I still wanting to grow and expand? And, you know, because that takes us out of that problem energy. But I'm going to tune into you in general. When I tune into the money issue, I'm immediately brought to your family of origin. So your parents, Mm -hmm. and sometimes I'm getting a strong read on one, but in this case, it's both Mm -hmm. for different reasons. And I don't know, was was there a split in your childhood when your parents, was there a divorce or a separation? They split when I was five and they were divorced when I was eight. Yeah. Okay, exactly. And did that cause some money disruption, tension, fighting around that issue? Oh, constantly. My mom was never happy with what my dad gave for child support. And there was pressure there. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's what I'm I'm picking up on. So thanks for flushing that out. Yeah. So there's a lot of frustration. There's a lot of anger. Your mom, I think, felt very disempowered in general, had a little bit of that kind of victim feeling. And also I think she was deeply resentful. Mm-hmm. That the marriage ended, whatever ended the marriage. So, you know, he could have left a pot of gold on your door every day. And it wouldn't have made a difference. I don't think he did, but he could have. Like she was kind of looking for trouble because she was always upset. She also, from her family line, came from a sense of not enough financially. Now she might have been comfortable. I can't, I can't get a read on that as a child, but through that family line is some real funky energy around money. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And so that was a hot button issue for her. So a way of kind of explaining it would be. You know, we all have our little, you know, spots that are most likely to get activated. If you were an astrologer, you'd see it in somebody's chart. So energetically for your mom, money was a biggie. 
Money and also feeling neglected was a big one for her. Feeling unheard was a huge one for her. She is someone that really needs to be heard. And again, she could be screaming at the top of her lungs and everyone could be covering their ears and she would still feel like people are not hearing her. Yeah. <laughs> so, so these were the things activated by your father, but she's still to this day, if she is in a body, uh, very resentful very resentful of him, very resentful of the situation. And so really nothing he could have done would have solved the problem. Okay. So that's part of it. But I think for you as a child at five, at eight, at 12, at whatever, there was always this message that got illuminated because it was around child support, of course, that my dad's not giving us enough money because he doesn't care about me. And I don't know if your mom explicitly said that, or you just got them Okay. So she did. (laughs) All right. And so, you know, that can make you feel like that connection, right? Between money and my being enoughness, my being lovable. So what I want you to recognize and tell your inner five-year-old, eight-year-old and whatever age we need to address that this is between mommy and daddy. It's not your fault. And that daddy loves you. Okay. And that mommy loves you and that they just did their very best. You know, they did the best they could do, but it wasn't enough. Okay. Cause that's the first thing. Now, when I tune into your energy around money, my friend, I don't see that you have major problems. So is that accurate? Like, I don't feel like you can't pay your bills or. No, I can pay my bills and I've had great successes and I've had, you know, higher than average income. Yes. But it, it seems to be a roller coaster where it's big highs. And then, and I grew up, my dad was a farmer. So I grew up with that feast famine. Got it. And I have recreated it over and over and over. Okay. So we're going to look at that as well. But what I want you to recognize is tune into the aggregate. That money has not been a problem for me in my adult life. There have been some ups and downs, but I always have what I need. Yes. Okay. And you might want to put that in an index card, right? And remember that because it's true. You don't have a problem with money. You really don't. It may not be as smooth as you'd like it to be, but you don't have a problem with money. You always have enough. And so the little frisson for me was I've been having some bouts of of sleepy issues. And so it's frustrating because some nights I get plenty of sleep and other nights I don't. And I'm learning to trust and not count the hours. But what I'm also realizing is aggregately, it's fine. It's not ideal. It's not like I would love to go to bed every night and know, you know, I'm going to get eight hours of sleep and I'm going to fall asleep at this time and I'm going to wake up at this time. And that has not been my experience over the last couple of weeks, months. But overall, I'm getting what I need. Right. And as I focus on that, then I'm releasing the energy of the problem. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is, oh my God, insomnia, yikes. And falling mm-hmm. into the reality and the truth that most of the time my body is supporting me just fine. It might not be always how I think. And it might not always be like when I think I should be awake or sleeping or, you know, but it's getting the job done. So I want you to recognize that too, because it is in that undercurrent of enoughness mm-hmm. that you can bring in more. Okay. Yep. The other thing that comes up around this issue. I'm going to get back to your dad because he's got his own little story going on. But the other <laughs> yeah. thing that the other thing that comes up around this issue, and I want to kind of tune back into the thread that was coming in, is that there's a lot of external ideas about what enough money looks like. Mm-hmm. And depending on which, you know, and there's a lot of people in like spiritual communities and manifestation communities that I think sometimes focus us on the wrong things. Right. So I follow someone on social media 
and um, not going to name names, a great intuitive, but very, very focused on material things. And I think it's lovely because I don't know her story because she has not been a guest on my podcast uh, in this way, but, you know, like excited to be able to buy a car and excited, you know, like very much focused on making the numbers in my bank account go up. And for you, I think this is the wrong energy. Okay. I think for you, it should be more about starting now to have this shift to tuning into, I don't need the money for the sake of the money. I don't need the money so that I can say I'm a great manifester and I have this in my bank account because that's why you're having the ups and downs. When you tune into, I have what I need. I always have what I need. When I need something, the money appears. That's when you're tapping into the deeper level of abundance. Does that make sense? There's nothing wrong with money. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with things. I love things, but we can get caught up in the external trappings of money Mm -hmm. or we can just fall into abundance. Yes. Last week I was definitely struggling with that. And I was, we had big vision board and stuff and I took it down because I said to my fiance, this is actually making me crazy because every day I go to work and I'm sitting at my computer and I'm looking at that vision board and I'm wondering why am I not there yet? So I had to take it down and just be like, I'm perfectly fine. The place that we live in is brand new. Why am I sitting here so unhappy and complaining and not and not having that energy of appreciation? I'm constantly looking for something better. And I was driving myself nuts doing that. So I totally resonate. Great, with great realization. And again, when we tune into what we have and we have gratitude for what's there, we tend to attract in more. Mm-hmm. We tend to attract in more. And also the more important thing, because again, if you're chasing the more, then you're not really appreciating what you have, but you know, we enjoy what we have. So we have more enjoyment, which is what we're chasing anyway. Yes. Right. But also it's part of that expansion and to expand into abundance, you have to understand that true abundance, the guides say, is not the external things. It's sort of that trust in the universe, knowing you're cared for, knowing that you're enough, that there'll be enough and and even more than enough, right? Mm -hmm. And then also starting to recognize because a lot of the trappings of money, right, are often things that we think we should want, but they're not authentically what brings us joy. True. So when we tap into abundance, we figure out what we really want. Sometimes it's more space, right? And then, you know, you're going to find more space. Sometimes it's a view. So you're going to have a view, but, you know, I look out my window and I see the Pacific Ocean and it's a beautiful thing from which I am grateful every single time I look at it. But it's not because, ooh, I have this fancy view. I'm a fancy person. It's not that, you know, it's not even about that because you see that's, that's empty. That wouldn't bring me joy right? That would be a notch in the belt, Mm -hmm. right? And also, if I had an idea that that was something I liked, but it didn't truly bring me joy, that every day I would be like, oh, I've accomplished this thing. I'm a big person, right? But that wouldn't be true abundance. It wouldn't be true abundance. True abundance is attracting the things into our life that serve us in the now and that bring us joy in the now. And tomorrow it might be something else right? Who knows? I'm open to whatever life wants to bring to me to increase my experience and expansion into joy and abundance. So that's the shift that I think you're being called to make. I don't worry about you with money at all. And I think the ups and downs are more your story than anything that is real. So that your down is like, it might be lower than you like, Mm -hmm. but it's not being in debt, like $100,000 on your credit card. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm going to go bankrupt. It's not like I don't know where where the rent check is coming from. Right. 
right? So remember that. And again, it's not that you should be grateful that those things aren't happening. It's more a matter of recognizing that overall, I do okay with money. Mm-hmm. And that I'm, you know, this is just old, old stuff. That's just, you know, overlaying something that's going pretty well and it's going to continue to get better. Okay. Okay. Yep. Now with, with your dad, what I see is a lot of resentment also. You got resentful party going on in your family line. <laughs> yeah, there is. Yeah. And I think, you know, he always felt like not enough and like the other guys making more. And that this was my lot in life. I have this, there's a lot of resentment about other people. Like if he's a farmer, I'm just guessing. I'm not, don't know if I'm getting this right. Like the supplier, this guy ripped me off. That guy's making all the money. The big farm's making all the money. There's like this story that everyone else but me has it. And then I'm a victim. Yep. Right. And so again, it's it's very interesting. And again, there's a lot of anger and and resentment around that. So again, that's part of your money conditioning, but it doesn't have to stay with you. Right. I think your dad is very proud of you. You surprise him a little bit because you do things that he's a little old school. So you do things <laughs> that like he can't believe a woman would be able to do. Yeah. <laughs> but I want you to know he's very proud of you and he may be living through you a little bit because you probably have more money than he's ever had if that makes sense. Or you live in a way that he never allowed himself to live. That's it. Yeah. 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 I feel that I'm doing that for both sides of my family, that I get to be that person who gets to live out all of their dreams that they never did, that they never had the guts to do. Right. But you need to be careful about that because you know whose dreams you should be living? Mine. Yes. Exactly. So now is the time to become aware of that so you can let it go. They can be proud of you, but if their pride is dependent on you doing what they want you to do, it ain't worth it. Right? Yeah. No, I don't think, well, I think they're just surprised that I'm as vocal as I am. I wasn't raised this way. I was raised to be quiet and be a mouse and that kind of stuff. And I've, yeah. I've become very passionate about what I do. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's good. I think it's good. And I think it's good for them. And again, it's about doing you. Yeah, It's about doing you, not doing you for them. Just keep that in mind. I don't think it's a big thing, but it is coming through. Okay. Well, that was already a lot. Doing you. I'm just writing that down. I think that's the money piece too. Like that's part of that story, right? Why else would I want, you know, a bigger house or a fancier yeah. car or whatever, right? It's because I'm not doing me. Right. Because to me, I don't care. I can live in a house in the mountains and just be fine with that. Yeah. You know, as I tune into you when you say that, I'm just going to kind of tune into that too. There's this thing of, I think I should. I think as a kid, there was just this sense that there was never enough. And from both sides, Yes, And I think at some point you made a decision when I'm an adult, there will be enough. Like that's when I'll be happy. I'll be happy when there's enough. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? And oh, now yeah. you're at a place where there is enough. And I think there was even enough then. Again, I don't see you eating dog food or being hungry or like it was just, it was, you were fine, but everyone was always bitching about money. Yes. And sometimes you could probably could have had something, but mom was like, no, 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 we can't do your birthday party because dad wouldn't give us money. Yeah, And you know what? You could have, right? And you knew that. That was the other thing. Your little stomach goes like all twisted because you knew that they were all just, they were using money as this excuse for their unhappiness. And you knew it wasn't true. You knew you could have five kids over and bake a cake and have some ice cream and have a birthday party. But mom is like, no, we can't because dad won't give us the money. And it wasn't true. So I just want to free your inner child from that because it was very unfair. They kind of used your happiness as a pawn. Yes. 
right? right? And I think at some point, you know, your little child said, okay, when I grow up, I'm going to have enough money so this can never happen to me again. Yeah. Okay. But it won't happen to you again. And there isn't a certain number that's going to be enough. No. Right. You're already there. You're already there. Because it's not a number. It's a mindset. It's a belief, right? Yeah. Can I ask you a question about that? Of course. So to repattern that, Mm -hmm. then in my world, because I can see that I do a lot of that stuff. I have four kids of my own. I now have a grandson as well. And I can see myself holding back a little bit on you know, going on trips with them or doing things that maybe I'm like watching my money a little bit too tightly because I grew up in that very frugal, let's just watch our money kind of thing. So to repattern that, do I step outside that and just do what is lighting me up to do in that moment? That's such a good question. I think there's two things going on. One, I feel that uh, you do not look old enough to be a grandmother, by the way. You just shocked me. Were you like 12 when you had your kids? Don't answer that if it's true. Um, Okay. Okay. So you were young. Good deal. All right. But kind of going back to that. Yeah. You're a hard worker. That's the first thing I get. You work really hard. You've always worked really hard. You have a super strong work ethic. And I think that you wanted your kids to have that too. I think you didn't want them to be in a position that maybe your mom was in. I'm not saying she didn't work, but like this totally helped us. Okay. She, yeah, she goes to men for security. So yeah, totally you know helpless. And you don't want any of your kids to be like that, male or female. Mm-hmm. It was very important for you, for them to be able to make their own way, understand, balance their own books, and kind of take ownership of their own stuff. Because I think you felt very disempowered as a child monetarily and very helpless. And yes. you didn't want your kids to feel that way. You want your kids to feel the way that you feel now, which is like, I know how to get money. I know how to make it. I know how to take care of myself. Right. Okay. So I think that's part of why you raise them the way that you raise them. And for the most part, they just take it when I'm reading your kids, for the most part, they just take it as normal. Yes. So, you know, they're not super resentful. And you didn't use them as a pawn or anything like that. It wasn't, it's just this is how you're raised. This is the money culture of your family. And you are responsible, respectful, and everyone kind of has to earn their way. Right. And, you know, I think you've raised probably responsible adults for the most part. Right. There might be one disgruntled one in there somewhere. There's, yeah, there's two older (laughs) ones. One's 21, one's 19. They seem to be doing quite well as far as finances and they're, you know, committed to what they're doing in their lives. And then I have two that are eight and 10. Yeah. And they're my wild cards. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And they're coming up into a different world and a different you because you've changed since you had the first two. Yeah. And what I get is don't be reckless. Because for you, being reckless is a little scary. And when yes. you're reckless, uh, that's when, you know, whenever you perceive in your mind you're reckless, that's when the other shoe drops. So for you, it's right now, it's safer to kind of feel into it and do like little things that kind of expand you rather than, you know, I'm going to put all my money in this trip to Europe and then I know it's going to fill back up. It will, it always does, but it's like that roller coaster is just a headache. Okay. So I'm not worried that you're going to go broke. I'm just worried that you're causing yourself unnecessary pain with this up and down. Yes. Okay. But when you want to stretch something, right? If you pull it too hard, it snaps, right? If it's something very stiff, if you pull like on a muscle or something like that and you, you know, it's going to rip or stretch. But if you every single day stretch it just a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. A little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. The next thing you know, your range of motion is restored. I love that. 
Okay. And so that's what you want to think about. Where can I stretch a little here? Where can I stretch a little there? A little bit at a time. And then the next thing you'll, you know, you'll be doing like the splits. Okay. And that's what I think I see you doing. So it doesn't have to be anything super reckless. And yeah, if something brings you joy and you can afford it, please do it. Okay. Right. And again, it doesn't have to be indulgent. It doesn't have to be all the time. And you sometimes worry if I raise the bar, they're going to expect it all the time. Why? It doesn't matter what they expect. Mm -hmm. I'd like to do this nice thing. This one time is like, it's your choice. (laughs) So be aware of that too. Right. And it would help you to think I'm doing it for me. I know that seems selfish and backwards, but if you're like, I'm doing this for me, it will make me really happy to be able to take you or do this with you or have this experience. And I have the money in the bank right now and I'm working on stretching a little. So let's do it. Right. Love that. Yeah. Okay. They sometimes worry about strings because the older ones, because when you brought them up, they were so, they were sort of raised in a different energy than you're feeling now. So they don't always understand like, wait, what's going on? Like, (laughs) I thought we had to like count this and count that. And when we go to the hotel, like, you know, it's only the special thing. And then, you know, you can't get breakfast in the hotel. You have to bring your own cereal. And I don't know. (laughs) Yes. You know, there are a lot of rules. And now you're trying to release some of those rules and you can, you know, they're old enough that you can say like, I'm working on feeling more comfortable, enjoying the fruits of my labor. And sometimes I'm going to want to share that with you. And the reason I can do this too, is because, you know, I know I am really responsible and I know you are too. And that's sort of the message I would give them. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. I love that. Very cool. Is there anything else? Just checking the time. Oh, we're good. We're short. <laughs> You're easy, man. It just flies right out. I'm ready. I think that's the key. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is there anything else? I think a lot of people will benefit from this one too, because I think a lot of people feel into these kind of money, quote unquote, blocks that aren't really blocks at all. Yeah. And friends listening to, even when they are, even when you know that underlying finance for you isn't working, I always say find where it is and flow from there, because that is always better than focusing on the problem, which will be you know, as long as you put the problem out there, you will always think that you have to solve it forever. Right. Yes. So I love to think about expanding from our strengths rather than, you know, trying to fix what we think is wrong. Okay. Awesome. Cool. Okay. Well then can I ask you one more question? Of course. Yeah. We have a few more minutes. Okay. So it's kind of related and I, it's on my heart and I filled out the application form to start a charitable group because I want to be able to offer what I do to uh, women's shelters and other situations. Okay. So instead of, you know, most of the, you know, life coaches, they go after whatever, like the big push right now is to go after the affluent group that has the money that can pay the large amounts. And it just, to me, that doesn't light me up at all. My heart has always been to help the people who need it most. Even when I was younger, I was pretty sure I was mother Teresa and that was like my mission in my life. So that's what lights me up. Um, so I just wanted to know what does your, um, channel say about opening up the charitable, like, is it a go or am I kind of going in the right direction, but not quite seeing something? That's a great question. Let me tune into that. Okay. You know, it's not a choice again. This, this comes back to another money issue, right? It's not a choice again between making money you know, and being giving and charitable. That's the, you know, sometimes we think that it is. And I do think there's a lot of predatory stuff in the coaching world that I find a little bit, like it makes me gag a little bit mm-hmm. around, you know, you have to make money. You have to have 10K months. You have to, you know, it's 
a coaching to me, it seems it's almost turning into an MLM where everybody yeah. is like <laughs> selling people on how to sell, to sell, to sell, to teach other people how to sell. And I, I find it, you know, and, and I'm someone who, one of my most significant relationships in my own growth was with a, a life coach years ago. Like it's a beautiful thing, but it's gotten a little wonky. Um, So I know what you're talking about. And I do feel like anyone who's teaching people how to sell your, you know, your 10K six-figure, it's just very unfortunate. It's, again, it's a very scarcity-based way of dealing with things. It's not sort of understanding that service can be absolutely aligned with abundance and -hmm. it will just flow through you. And you don't necessarily, it's not that if you feel called to, you know, charge $700 an hour for your services, do it, but you don't have to right? You don't have to. And when we think about just making money for the sake of making money, we actually can cut down the flow of abundance. And abundance, right, is when we feel like we are enough and we have enough and we enjoy what we have. That's the true meaning of abundance. has nothing to do with money though. Money can sometimes be helpful in that regard. So that's the first thing they want to say. Two, I feel like you're already very, very helpful with the people that you work with. And even if you have a moderate to lower price point, you know, it feels like you work with a range of people. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really good. And I would keep doing that. And I also think that if you want to expand and work with people that maybe don't have this accessible because there's a part in you as a child where you wouldn't have been able to go see a life coach, right? That wouldn't been, and, and you could have benefited from it and you want to help those people that can't. I definitely think that it's totally fine to do that. I think it's totally fine, not from a, you know giving it all away and that I have to repent because I'm making all this money and have these high-end clients, but just because there's something that I would like to offer the world and make accessible to maybe people that aren't going to have it otherwise. Okay? Yeah. And yeah. I think that that's beautiful. I will give you a couple of cautions. Number one, oftentimes when people receive something completely for free, they do not value it the same way as if they are paying for it. So be aware of that. You're going to hit that energy a little bit more of people that are going to be less invested than your clients now because your clients now are paying you, Mm -hmm. right? So another thing to do is to have a certain number of sliding scale slots. Like maybe you do four or five a week where you know it's whatever you can afford to pay, but it's something. Mm-hmm. Right, because five or ten dollars even is going to make a big difference between doing it completely for free. Okay? okay, if you are with an organization where the people have had to, so I think you said, did you say homeless or domestic violence? What did you say? Yeah, like women's shelter, and yeah. like that's one of my places is a women's shelter that I want to work with, and then also teenagers before they're graduating. Because my whole thing is discovering your value and then radiating that out to the world. So I think that's one piece, especially my kids have said to me, I can't believe they don't teach this in school. Yeah. And, you know, it's just discovering who are you and then creating a life around who you are instead of who you've been told that you need to be. Yeah. I love that. And it's right online with everything that came through today. So I think that that's beautiful. Uh, what I see specifically on that is you may that, I think you may want to charge even if it's low. I mean, you may start by going into schools and offering it, but schools are tricky. Like we always think like, oh, I could go into a school and offer this thing, but there's so much bureaucracy. There is. Yeah. So you may have to just sort of connect with mother's groups, connect with, you know, one thing that's coming through after school organizations, see, they would take you. And then it could be low cost or no cost just to kind of get it out there. And then I would make it into a paid program. 
Okay. It doesn't have to be a million dollars for homeless shelters. I think it's totally fine because it's a discrete organization, but they may not be ready. Talk to them because they may not really be ready for what you do. What they want is more kind of like nuts and bolts. Yes. You know, hands-on, like they may not be as open to what you think you want to offer. So I would look, give it a try, but I would look at this idea sometimes, and I want to get this right from the guides because they're going to say it better than me. Sometimes there's a part of ourselves, right? That it's almost like you feel guilty that you're making money doing what you do. Like there's something wrong with it, but there's not. You're helping and supporting a lot of people. And you want to find the people who are going to match your message, who are going to be able to benefit from what you have to say. Like there's no need to give it away for free unless you know you feel called to serve in that manner and it's the right fit. There's always a perfect synchronicity between who we attract and how we help people. So yes. I would say, you know, if you want to do a couple of sliding scale things, you can. If you want to go and work at a, a woman's shelter and see if that feels like the right fit for the skills that you have, I see more financial mindset, you know, and empowerment okay. kind of stuff would, would really fit there. But also be aware of the two caveat, three caveats. One, you don't have to, right? Those people will get the help that they need. Everything lines up. So always when we feel a call to serve, we want to ask, does this feel right? Is this the right thing? And do I want to do it? You never have to. Okay. And you never have to feel guilty about making money doing what you do. Okay. Because okay? yeah. that's a surefire way to shut down the abundance. And you know, you're serving. You might feel guilty if you're just, you know, money grubbing and not providing a service, but that's not who you are. You know, so that's just one thing. And even if there's a part of you that's like, I want to like land those high-end clients and I can't land those high-end clients if I don't give it away for free. I'd let both of those ideas go and just say, I'm going to find the people that are meant to find me and I'm going to know what to charge them and it's all going to work out. Mm -hmm. Okay. See, that softens your energy. But be aware too that sometimes when we price ourselves too low, people don't value the message. True. Right. And they don't value us and you deserve to be valued. Does that make sense? Yes. 100%. All right. I think that's pretty much it. But is there any other thoughts or questions that you have before we wrap up? I don't think so unless you can see, is there anybody in my close circle, which I have a very close circle, who would be affecting or activating any of my money beliefs? Oh, that's an interesting question. I would look at it a different way, my friend. I would look at it this way. Use everyone as mirrors. Don't be afraid of them. If you notice it and it's uncomfortable, first of all, you have a mouth so you can speak up and you can always say no to those beliefs, either to their face or internally, depending on what feels right. And I also think it's okay to let go of people, situations, groups that kind of trigger you, right? So if there's a certain person you're following on Facebook that every day is like, you know, you should be earning this much money or this, you know, like unfollow that person, right? It's not serving. It's just making you feel like you're not enough because you're not doing what they're doing, but they're not authentic. Right. And so the only person you're really accountable is to you when people in the outside world don't match the energy that you feel is is the way that you want to show up in the world, then they don't have to be wrong. They just have to be not right for you. And you can decide. And if it's really triggering you or really activating you, you take a step back. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much. I think a lot of people are really going to benefit from listening to this one because I know money is such a hot button issue for so many people. And I think that too, and you've given me the inspiration to do a solo episode on this sometime soon. I think a lot of times people confuse money and abundance and they don't recognize 
really that abundance you know, has nothing to do with money, right? You could be a homeless person and experience abundance, right? Abundance is knowing that you are connected to the great flow of the universe and that you'll always have what you need when you need it as you need it and trusting in that. And sometimes that means that we also accumulate great material wealth. And if that serves us, that's an amazing thing, but it's not about chasing that. So thank you for bringing that that for listeners today and so much more. Thank you so much. (laughs) And thank you everyone too for tuning in and namaste. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you found joy, strength, inspiration, and clarity from today's episode. If you'd like to learn more and connect with an amazing group of like-minded souls, please join us over on Facebook in the Intuitive Connection Community Facebook group, where we explore these topics in deeper detail, have additional live teachings, and host Facebook Lives with our amazing guests. I hope to see you there. And of course, if you want to learn more about me or the work that I do, please check out my webpage, victoriashawintuitive.com. Thank you so much again and namaste. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.